Robert Smith, do the right thing. Sort Gary Sykes' belt out, put it in history books that he's British champion outright at Super Featherweight. And I'll leave you alone, Robert Smith. Alright. Hello, all you hardcores. How are you doing? Big P here. You know, don't you? You know. That's why you've tuned in. We're joined by Kent today. We're going to rip shit up. How are you doing, Kent? Good morning, Russell. How are you doing? I'm all right, mate. Did you enjoy your uh, six pints again, us? Yeah, seven. <laughs> seven rounds. <laughs> Lost count after seven. Staggering about like an elbow. <laughs> Love it. Every now and then you've just got a little bit of steam up, haven't you? <laughs> hmm. Love it. Love it. I'm not that uh, keen on black currant uh, in it. I only tried it because Peter Fury is like, yeah, put black currant in it. I like <laughs> black currant, but uh, I tried it in a couple with black currant, but I'm not keen. But uh, how are you been? You been okay? Yes, Russell, dead on. Uh, just been uh, watching. I've been watching a lot of darts over the new years and watching a bit of the snooker. There's not much boxing on, so it's just trying to uh, get an- another non-boxing fix. So I'm just just yeah. been doing that really. You're not doing jogging in that crunk top, have you? No, I, no, I don't wear cotton t-shirts when I'm out running. They're too warm. It's too warm to wear cotton. Yeah, uh, you don't. Uh, you don't wear that on dates with women, do you, Ken? <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? Tell me you don't. Uh, no. You do, don't you? You go out with it, don't you? <laughs> Love it. The rascal Love it. in it, pop, pop. Right. Uh, <laughs> a lot gone on. First thing I want to cover. I want to say that we're back on Twitter. It took 26 months to sort. Uh, camera runs it, not me. I don't even know Twitter handle. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll send him a... Just turn my phone on. I'll send him a voice text in a minute. So we're back on Twitter, but I won't be running it. So feel free to send as much abuse as you want. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, but Craig and Simon run them. Cameron's going to do it Twitter. Right, uh, first thing I want to touch on... Uh, the Ben Davidson situation, he's come out and he said what he said. People in the industry are saying he's having a dig at Peter Fury, Jim, Jim, Peter Fury, Jimmy and Mark Tibbs, and uh, Shane McGuigan. That's what people are saying uh, in the know, the word around the campfire. Uh, is he saying that because of MTK or does he genuinely believe that everybody else is lazy, they're not doing the jobs properly, and he's the only one who can train fighters? Take it away, Kent. So you, you, you go way back and, and you say, you know, he said those things about fighters being lazy, but you, you look at those, you look at a lot of coaches maybe with you, you, the exception of, of Shane McGuigan. So and I'm not saying Shane's lazy. He, he's not. You know, I don't know what, what fighters or what trainers are doing, but... You look at fighters like Joe Gallagher, uh, you look at, you know, or sorry, trainers like likes of Joe Gallagher. There's a lot of trainers in the UK at the minute. I can't mention all of them, but they've actually had a career as an amateur coach. They've actually served their time 
bringing through young fighters through the amateur system, whether it's at novice level, um, open class, whether it's through uh, English class, you know, regional, international, right the whole way through in the pro ranks. So you've got trainers there who are actually putting a lot of time in, bringing these kids up and down the country and developing them from, from scratch. You've got a lot of good trainers out there, pro trainers who, who have had trainer, you know, fighters from, from, from day one and they brought them through. You know, you don't have to be, you don't have to have world-class fighters to be a good trainer. You know, you, you go back in the day and you look at coaches like some Nobby Knobs and that there who, who looked after journeymen and their purpose was to have their fighters fighting without getting stopped. For me, that, that's a good trainer. Uh, there's a lot of coaches out there who are doing a lot of stuff, you know, behind the scenes, as I said there. And how, did, how you know, how, how are these trainers, you know, lazy? I don't, on what basis of what, you know, just because you watch X amount of tapes of fighters and watch interviews and this and that, it doesn't make you any more qualified as a coach, you know. I think a lot of coaches out there who have come through the amateur system and the pro system and they've been with their fighters an awful long time. And those coaches would say, do you know what? I've actually probably made a few mistakes along the way and have maybe changed things, maybe implemented things. And I think the relationship between coach and fighter, you know, the coach has to learn something as well. You know, the coach learns about their craft and their selves. And Ben Davison comes across to me as that coach where he just seems to know everything. And if I was with that, that type of coach who, you know, thinks they know everything, it's not really a, a good, it's not going to be someone who's going to be open to learning and, and, and trying things. So you're talking about coaches here or having digs of coaches that have trained multiple world champions and been in the business and the sport a lot longer than him I don't really know what he's talking about what's he talking about Russell uh, well there's coaches out there right that have got jobs in day and then they're going to do it for free don't they on the night time right yep. Ben Davison's full time in it obviously he's in the MTK in it do you know what I mean that yep. can turn on a, on a sixpence at any time though but the MTK situation, but he's in the MTK. Fighters who are signed to MTK, they're told, look, you know, want you to train with Ben and keep it in house. They're going to do that, aren't they? There are any world champions. A lot of them, you just need that bit of motivation, a bit of fitness. You can't really be teaching world champions much, can you? And this no, it's, again, it's... Taylor, how old's Taylor? 30 odd. Fury, 30 yeah. odd. Saunas were 30 odd. I noticed that. Uh, in the lists of all the wins he keeps putting out, I've mentioned this before and I'll mention it again. He forgets, he, he puts Devin Haney down as a win, doesn't he, on, on his posts. But yeah, he don't put the Saunders down as a loss. But he, he worked with, he was second, he were seconds in both corners. So you can't have it both ways, can you? That always it got beat by Jack Bates and his fighter as well, didn't he? Mammold or whatever he's called. So yeah. look. We're not saying he ain't one for future. He's a young lad, isn't he? But getting carried away with himself, isn't he? And that's why 
I've had to put him in weapon at week, but it's on members area this week. As will all weapons be from now on. But it's a good weapon. <laughs> but no, yeah. I, I just think that it's out of order. If he's got a personal problem with personal trainers, come out and name them. Oh, are these lazy trainers, Ben? Name them. Eddie Earn does that a lot. When he first burst on scene, Eddie Earn used to come out with things like, my fighters are like my, are like my family. Fighters are not getting paid. Well, who's not paying these fighters, Eddie? That's what Coogan and people like Rob Tebbett should, be, should have said to him. Well, who ain't paying these fighters, Eddie? Now, mind saying fighters want to sign with Matchroom because they're not getting paid? Who? In my opinion, I think you were having a dig at Warren, but he never mentioned his name. Now, Ben Davidson's another one. They know how to play the game, don't they? Right? He knows who he's on about, who he's saying he's lazy. So, Ben, come out and name these trainers. Name them. Don't hide behind people. Name them. Name them. And another thing, Ben, you've got a problem with Mark Tibbs. Get at it with him. These here will put money up for you and Mark to have a fight in a white collar. Put money up. Uh, put your dukes up and get stuck into Mark Tibbs if you've got a problem. If not, shut your mouth. All right, and start naming people who are lazy and who are not very good trainers and are not doing the jobs, and you've caught them all up. Name them, Ben. Name these trainers. Come on, name them. I would. I'd say I think he's shit. Oh, I don't think he's much cop. That's what I'd say. So I ain't got no filter. But, Ben, don't be a sneaky cunt. Name them. That's all I've got to say to him anyway. He's on fucking members area. I toasted him. To, to be honest, Russell, yeah, I, I agree with everything you said there. And, you know, in-house in-house coaching isn't something that's new. You know, it's not an MTK thing. In-house coaching has been happening since day dot in boxing. You know, a lot of a lot of promoters have, have their own in-house coaches. So that's not that's not the problem. But the problem is that he seems to be making everything about himself, you know, about the fighters' careers, you know, it's not about him. It's actually not about him. Peter Fury came on and said a great quote the other day. There, my friend Chris sent me it, and Peter basically just turned around and said that that the boxing coach is there to get the fighter where they need to be, and that's it. And that, well, and that's it. Peter say that on IFL. It wasn't IFL. It was uh, it was some other. Uh, yes, yes. No, I like them. I quite like them. They, they've they've had they've some good stuff. They've some good yeah. stuff with uh, our cave Peter interviews. But that that's what it's about. It's not about it's not about the trainer. It just seems to be a lot of these newer coaches seem to make everything about themselves. Firstly, they're getting paid to get the fighter where they need where they need to be. Well, or it's. Get them better, get them sharper, get them fitter. That's what they need to do. But you're right, Russell. You know, it's like it's like getting a, a Porsche. He's inherited a Porsche, and 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 Joss Taylor. You know, there's nothing that he's gonna really add to Joss Taylor's arsenal. Joss Taylor was an undisputed, you know, as an undisputed world champion. He's not gonna, you know, radically turn him into. An even better fighter, you know. Just, just Taylor was a a Rolls Royce as a fighter. So, 
I am just sick of this. You know, as you say, if he has a problem with another coach, with other coaches, and if, 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 if that's true, what he had said, it's none of his business anyway. It's absolutely nothing to do with him. You know, who cares what other coaches are doing and what they're saying? I think you should just get your head down and, as Peter says, get the fetter where you need to be. Stop, stop making it about themselves. Yeah. Yeah, it's become boring. And Ben, you're becoming boring, boxer size, Ben. We go away, Ben. Go and fuck off. You're like a fucking boil. It just won't go away, you know. Fucking keeps popping up anyway, his sermons. I think you might need to be silenced. Right. Uh, can I just point out that uh, Nick Manners from Leeds has got immense power? And uh, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> Nick, you know what I'm on about. Right. Forget me, I'm just being giddy this morning. Uh, Hatman strikes back. I don't normally listen to him because he's a hula hooper for. Uh, Hearn's mob. But I thought he uh, did a good video uh, on 9th of January called Joshua Confused at of Usek Rematch. Well, 9th of Jan. Uh, I, thought, I thought he nailed it, basically. So, you know, what, what, he, what, what can he learn at this stage at Gaiman? We keep being told that Anthony Joshua's like learning on the job, don't we? And all this, but yeah, he's a uh, it's like Hatman said, uh, pinching a bit of his content here, but he words things a bit better than me. And I've probably covered this loads of times, but, you know, there's something I've always thought about. Joshua's like a decorated veteran now, isn't he, at amateur level and professional level. We know, we know what his record is, don't we? Why are we hearing about learning on job and he's only done this and blah, blah, blah. Look, they've kept him out of arm's way too long, and that's why he got, got found out. He knew we were in a lot of trouble before the fight, you know. He went to the Chisora fight, didn't he? And that's that for me tells me that he was worried. What do you think? Yeah, Russell, you, you spoke about it last night with Max and you said that, you know, it seemed very strange. The whole thing seemed strange. You come out to the, the Clark Farage Rocky music and he seemed to be hugging and being all friendly and all nice to people on the way to the ring. He seemed humbled. He seemed he's not like, like that in real life, mate. You know, no, he's he quite like sullen. He... He's quite sullen, mate. Trust me. And people, are, people are being, people are buying into this. You know, this stay humble. This, you know, this, this, this humble guy and all that. Look, mate, he's not. He's not like that in real life, mate. Trust me. He's very sullen. But you know, he, each to their own, isn't it? Personally, I think he's a shit house. He's not his CV should be better than what it is. So and I think he's led fans a merry dance. He didn't fight Wilder. He was supposed to fight him after Vladimir. They flew Wilder in, didn't they? First class, paid him a fortune to be a pundit on Sky and put him in Hilton. Hilton International in a suite. They did all that and, and Eddie Earn said he was definitely the next. That was five years ago this April. He he seemed you know wilder. He, he seemed humble before he was getting in the ring, like he knew he was going to to get flogged. But you go back to that whole Wilder thing when when they flew Wilder in uh, to 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 commentate, 
And Tony Bellew at the time oh. was going through a bit of a spat with Wilder on, on Twitter. And the first thing he said, I watched this interview, and the first thing he said was when he seen Wilder, he was like, no way, I am not having any any part of him. He's too big, too strong. There's there's no chance. And Bill Buck's think, mate, Derek Chisora, surprised him, won't he? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that. But Coward um, Tony won't fight him, will you, Tony, you coward? Same as you won't win that tournament, would you, at WBSS? And I think he fed that back to, to, to Hearn, that there's no way. And at that time, Russell, you know, we had this whole thing where Eddie Hearn was trying to negotiate with Lou DiBella and Shelley Finkel, and he came off with this whole Shelley Winkle thing and all, and started humiliating him and turned it, turned it into... He was kind of trolling him, and there's no way that fight was ever going to get made with that relationship, and he was turning around and saying that, yeah, we need proof of funds, and there was proof, there, there was proof of, of funds produced, yeah. and they went quiet, and, you know, that. you look back, what's that? They didn't want it. Same as Dylan White, they didn't want it. They didn't want it, so a year before that, Joshua struggled through Dominic Brazil fight and Wilder just comes out and sm- like smoked him, smoked him and less than around. So that said it all, that, that said it all about, about who would have wanted that fight. You know, there's no way that AJ would have wanted that fight. And I think you're right. You know, even if he still fights Wilder down the road, I still think Wilder smokes him. Yeah, I do. What about the training team situation? The the the, the word around the uh, the local gyms and everything around here, and people in general I speak to, they're saying that McCracken's gone. They're done. That's the word. It it's 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 it's. I don't know what to say about it, and I go back and I go back to Lennox Lewis when Lennox Lewis lost it to Oliver McCall and they fired Pepe Carrera and they brought in Emmanuel Stewart and it took it didn't take one fight for Lennox Lewis to evolve into the latter day Lennox Lewis in his career. It took him four years to get a rematch win against McCall. And there was hard fights there. You know, you had that really hard fight against uh, Ray Mercer that I thought he lost. So I did. what are they? I did. I did. I did. And you look at that and you look at Emmanuel Stewart. So they brought Emmanuel Stewart in and it took multiple performances before they seen. I think, I think the first inkling of that new and improved Lennox Lewis was Galata. So what I'm trying to say is, you know, Lennox Lewis was levels, levels above Lennox Lewis at that stage. Lennox Lewis are levels above Lennox Lewis? Lennox Lewis is above levels of, oh, of sorry, Joshua. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he's above levels. So you, you, look at, you look at Joshua after Usak and you look at Lennox Lewis after McCall, even Lewis way, way levels above it took him four years to see any improvements with a new coach. So you've got you've got AJ now, who whatever happens now with McCracken, 
you he is not going to evolve into that fighter that he needs to be to beat Usak in no. 12 weeks. It's impossible. It's absolutely absurd. There's no chance of it. I don't know, you know, he's got, you know, the Under Armour tracksuit brigade around him. He's got all these advisors. He's got all these managers. He's got all these sponsorship deals. But there is actually nobody there in that camp that actually knows anything about boxing. Yeah, everybody's an expert, aren't they? And look, look how far he got by being guided by McCracken. But we can't have it both ways. I want to see him fight Wilder and Fury. Me, I'm not really interested in Dylan White. We've seen that twice. Amateurs and pro, it's, it's a dog with fleas. No, I mean, Dylan White don't want to take a challenge on. I, th- I think I think Hartman w- was right in what he had said, and we, we've kind of touched on it. Uh, you look at the last two months. AJ has been flying around the world posting snips up, posting clips up, working with that coach, training with that coach, doing that coach. He even had Floyd Mayweather standing behind him with his arms folded with ripped jeans, hitting the punch bag. You know what? That is absolute nonsense. You know, that just makes the fighter even more confused. He's hearing different things from, from different coaches Again, and, and how to win this fight, and you look you look back on on the whole the whole Usak fight as well. He had Joby Clayton in there, telling him he was doing brilliant after you know just fencing about the ring, not even doing anything. You had Engel Hernandez, who I don't know what style of boxing he works off, and you had uh, Rob McCracken. You know there was three other voices, and he's going around more. It's just making the job even harder. And I, I don't know what, what he's going to do. I think, you know, when is the rematch? Where is the rematch going to be? I, uh, you think, is it even going to happen, mate? I mean, they were feeling that, listen, there's doubts there because we're talking step aside. So whenever there's doubts there, I'm not on board. So if it even happens, mate, trust me, if. Does it does it happen right away? Does it does it have to happen? Is you know, we're talking about a rematch clause here, right? So, does a rematch clause mean that it's an automatic rematch, or does the rematch clause mean that they have got options on Usyk, and they're going to do it in two or three fights down the line? I don't know. I I would strongly suspect that it's not going to happen immediately, and they're going to turn around and say. Oh, Lennox Lewis didn't have an immediate rematch. Lennox Lewis waited, waited four years and had four or five fights before that. So I, I don't think it's going to happen right away, Russell. No. All right. Spencer Theron, a.k.a. Malcolm X, he's apparently, I haven't read this, but I've been told, that he's, uh, he's come out and said, Robert Garcia... Can't train black fighters because he's a Mexican. Now, if, if we said anything like that, I'd be hell on one. I'd be getting emails off YouTube. Yeah. So I don't know why he does things like that. This is why he annoys me so much. Annoys Spencer Fear and you annoy me. 
coming out with stuff like that. It, it annoys me. I don't know. Have you have you have you seen it? I haven't seen it, Russell. No. I think he's re- referring to Garcia. Uh, if I've got this wrong, I've got it wrong. I'll take it back and apologise. But I don't think I have. I think he's uh, referring to Joshua doing pad work. Is he with Robert Garcia? I think there was something that he, listen. He's been he's been around the whole of America training with with coaches. Yeah. You know. So Spencer, you always let you send down after that good little chat you had on IFL the other day saying that Dylan White should call Fury's bluff. I, I was like, God, he's actually said something I agree with. And then somebody said to me that he said this. Unbelievable. He always lets us send down. All right, then. Uh, Steve Welling's made a good point. Uh, I watched yesterday morning the uh, Boxing Asylum thing, and it's a guy that I, I always were a big fan of when he was coming through. Joan Guzman, you remember him? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so well said, Wellings. But he, he, I, I, I would team Guzman. Me at one point, I was like, "Wow!" And what happened to him? He's fat as a pig, Michelin man, isn't he? <laughs> oh, you know it's I mean? just, just, uh, you know, at, at at that time, you know, boxing, boxing has has changed so much in the last couple of years. The dynamic of boxing. Is is kind of like evolving every day. You know, it's it's changing so much. Uh, yeah. you, you look at the, the the fighters that they were around and and at that time, and you look no, at. I boxing. think I've just got that into Vin backwards. I need to check. Oh, what a shot! I'll try backwards. and do it again. You have to. You have to sorry, do it mate, again. Go on, put it on CD. Yeah, go on, Kent, you have, sorry. You have to do it again, Russell. Oh no, I'll never do it. I never pull it off. It's like it's like doing a a, a wheelie shot at snooker. You know, one that's a one every one hundred shots. You try yeah. it another hundred times and never do it. Been here all day, frustrated. <laughs> but you get it first time. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Go on. You were saying. You know the the dynamic of boxing and 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 coaches and trainers and and personalities and and fighters even back you know people coming through and the boxing dynamics changed an awful lot you know it, it just seems to be that there's a new kind of crop coming through uh it's like you said last night on like i i would i would like follow a lot of boxing scene stuff i've, I've been on their website for years and i'm actually i was really annoyed that they actually featured a, a guy who hasn't bought a boxer yet as knockout of the year. I was mortified at that. I found it really, really out of taste, to be quite honest. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, just a quick one here. You know, going back to the Ben Davison thing, I know he's only, only, only a young lad, and he looks like looks about 12 years old, but... If you were going into a tough fight, Clinton Woods, he's a trainer. Would you want Clinton in your corner or Ben Davidson? I would want somebody, I would want somebody in my corner that has had that, you know, he's going around saying that, yes, I'm undefeated. You know, I've got all these undefeated wins and I've got all these undefeated fighters. Saunders and Fury left him though, didn't they? 
Yeah, yeah, and and that just says to me, you know, you haven't you haven't come through that adversity yet, you know, mm-hmm. as a coach. So how are you going to react when when that happens? You know, I'm sure. You know, there's Mark Tibbs's lost fights with fighters. Shane McGuigan has lost uh, fights with fighters. Uh, Joe Gallagher has lost, you know, fights with with his fighters. And that process is experience. They've gained that experience. They know how to react when, when, when their fighter is going through a firefight. So I would want the coach that has actually been through that and experienced that to help get me through. Yeah. Okay. Uh, somebody's told me this this morning. BT Sport, that's owner apparently doing a takeover over the Sport Channel. Uh, $800 million. What do you think to that? It's, it, it, we've seen a common. We, we have seen a common. We, we have seen the last six months. Frank Warren now is in a good position with fighters, with with fighters in positions, and his stable looks pretty pretty solid. But we also look at the cards that they've been putting on for the last year, oh, and wow. you know, pandemic this, pandemic that, that they have been shocking, and it just shows to me that there wasn't quite that investment from BT to to Queensbury. So yeah. we go back and we, we look now and it depends on the contract. You know, when you're in employment and someone else buys out your contract, there will be a a, a thing there. It's it's you, you two pay over and the and you know they have to accept their terms and conditions. So it's not like the owner gonna come in and say, right Frank, out this, 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 that they can't do that. It's 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 in law. They they two pay over for I think it's I, I don't know if it's one year or two years. So what they're gonna have to do is they're gonna probably have to buy Frank out of his contract because they they have bought that they have to appear to his terms and conditions. So it's gonna be interesting. Where, where do you see Frank Bain, you know, where, where do you see that, you know, there can't be room in the market for the zone Sky and Box Nation again. I don't think people would pay for all those platforms. If Frank's got any sense, he'll, he'll let him buy him out his contract, right? You no, know, but thinks he's got left, which is, it goes on all the time. When Dennis had a deal with Satanta, Warren didn't have any dates. Dennis had dates. Dennis sold his dates to Warren, so it goes on. But I, I don't see Warren just letting people buy him off slot, buy his slots. He's not that type of guy. He's too hard, hard nose. He's a hard businessman, isn't he? And if you, if you so much as look at him the wrong way, you get legal there or a phone call, trust me. But what I do see happening is them ended up in court with legal problems. Dazzo and Warren and BT and all that. I see it. I see rips being issued and this and that, body bar. That's what I see. And I see problems down the line. Why they can't just Frank and Eddie work together? I don't know because it's the fans that are missing out. They've, done, they've hardly done any work in 11 years. 
11, 12 years, they've hardly done anything between them. Seven fights, it's six or seven fights. That's a joke. It's not even one fight a year, is it? It's a fight every two years or something. It's embarrassing. A fight every 21 months. Well, what about the other 20 months if they could have done one a month? We could have had like nearly 100 fights. It's becoming boring. And what, what they don't understand, Warren and her and Sky have grasped this, that the hatred's that bad that it's affected everything. It's affected everything for years. It is really, really, Ken, that bad. And Sky thought, you know what, we need to get rid of Hearn because maybe he's as bad as the other one. But I think Hearn's the one that's not going to, he always said, I'm not going to give my leg up, we don't need to, but, because Hearn's earning plenty, of no money worries and all that, but what about the fans that are switching off? When you're seeing Eddie Hearn on the IFL, and he's doing an interview, that one he's done yesterday, he's seen it, haven't you, 51 minutes. After two hours, right, he's on 7,000. I can get Mickey Fee up to 2,000 views on my channel after two hours. So he's already earned three and a half times an IFL, bigger than Porky's Corner. Now the load's bigger than that. But Eddie's not doing the numbers he used to do, is he? Do you know why? Because people well, are yeah. sick of his bullshit, aren't they? We have statistics here that we look at all the time. We'll look at that there now. But what's happening to him? Because he's put his son in a in a situation where he's talking about fights happening and he's done deals and this. Look, I'm paying lip service to fans. The fans are switching off. The older generation are dealing, and the new generation they're not they're not they're not interested. He, he, he's in a bit of a dilemma. So. He's gone with money and with that on, and it might not last. If it does last, he'll be, be quids in. If he don't, he'll still be quids in. He'll get out. He'll get out anyway when Joshua's gone because there's another Joshua is to come in. Yeah. That's how yeah. I look at it anyway. But he's at fault, Earn, and Warren's just as bad. Just as bad. But it looks to me like Warren's tried to make fights with him. And he, because he's obviously he's on back foot and he's the number two, isn't he? And Hearn. Kick sand in his face, and they have to say, Yeah, we're gonna have a meeting, all that. Forget all this meeting at Frederick's restaurant in Islington and all that. Do it on fucking Zoom, Perius. Let's get it over and done. We all just pull your dicks out and stand next to each other and see who's got biggest. For fuck's sake. You know what I mean? My money would be on Frank anyway. He's not known as Big Frank for now. But no, I mate, think, honestly. I, I think I'm sick that of it. Thing. Sick of them. I think that whole thing at the time was all about clickbait and it was all about views. And none of the, I don't think, I think Frank called his bluff on it. And I think he was just looking to see what the response, he, he knew fine rightly that there was never going to be uh, a lunch meeting or a business meeting or whatever you want to call it. So I, I think with what Eddie said that time, that we're not giving them a, a leg over was, and leg up, box. leg up, he said. Yeah, leg over, leg up. I don't know, but uh, he uh, he he uh, at hurt boxing. It wasn't in the interest of the fans. That just showed to me that it was that narcissistic, egotistic view on on boxing, and you know, it wasn't you know if they did meet up and they did put on stuff, it would be for the benefit of the fans. They're the people that keep the sport running. Fans. Yeah. When, I, when I said, yeah, I never cared about boxing fans. 
You saw exactly. how much them shows were in his garden, didn't you? Jeez. Five, 500 quid and what was it, 10 pound for a... Uh, 12 quid for a slice of pizza. Slice of pizza. But but you go back and that and... It's only, a, it's only 12 quid. It's like price of a slice of a pizza. Spot fans. Spot uh, fans, Ken. What's okay. he, what what have well, they done for the fans? Yeah. You're right. You're right. You know, people now are turning off. People, I don't want to watch Eddie Hearn for an hour. I've seen the time I would have watched this, the, the Monday sermon with Coogan and Eddie. And oh. I don't want to watch that crap anymore because... Well, he doesn't do half a million like he used to now, does he? He's struggling to do views. Def, def, definitely not. And, you know, he was the one that turned around and said that Joshua and Fury had been signed and had been made. When's well, it happening? Fury was shouting his mouth off though as well, saying it's a done deal, wasn't it? Thank you, Daniel Kinnan and all. Thank you for what? For keep, keeping yeah. them apart. That was two years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, we're a done yeah. deal too. Load of shit. Load of shit talkers. And that we're another also. Right. Obviously, you saw my video a couple of weeks ago. I said that Warrington's gonna fight in March with Martinez. Yep. Is that a good fight for Warrington? Well, you'll bet it is. He's beat him before. He's just coming off a draw that he was looking for a way out. And the one before, he got flogged by the same kid. So Josh Warrington's had a touch there, in my opinion. Uh, I've been told on, on the card, I've got Maxi used. And good old Ebony Bridges. Elite pound-for-pound fighter, Ebony Bridges. Uh, I don't know where they're going with that one, the zone, the Ebony Bridges one, but... It's got a bit boring now, and I think your 15 minutes is up in it. Yeah, it's just about that Australian market. That's all it is. Uh, you know, they were bringing her over, and she was getting fights at the time when Natasha Jonas was with Matchroom. You know, she was getting fights ahead of Natasha Jonas, and I thought that last fight she had, she lost quite convincingly to that uh, girl that came over, the, the, the journey the journey woman. I thought she well, lost listen, that. Ken, this is how I look at it. I don't want to see scrubbers on my TV fighting with fucking fake tits. I don't want to see it. it. brings the sport into disrepute, in my opinion. Scrubbers, that's what it is. So that people tune in because they say she's got a nice arse or whatever. At these weigh-ins and all that, it's become like a circus. Or it's like... Do you remember the Dave Allen thing where he where he put the, the socks down his pants the first well, time? Well, it's 15 minutes is up, isn't it? It's talking like Scooby Doo. Then he done it again. And I'm just I, I, Ebony Bridges is like the, the female Dave Allen. I'm just I'm bored of it. I wasn't I, I, I didn't click on the first time. And you know, it's not like, yeah, I thought she was funny and this and that. No, I didn't. I didn't I, I wasn't interested. In, in any stage, but it just looks to me that Eddie's just trying to, to set something up. You know, he signed that heavyweight, Dempsey McKean. He signed McKenna. He, he signed him. And, you know, he's got Joseph Parker. He's trying to get George Cambosis. So he's trying to get something going in Australia. But no, I, uh, I have no interest in her, in her whatsoever. She's not even from the UK. She's no, she a fan base. You know, she w- runs around with that Leeds top and that there, and I don't care. But how many, how many bridges all of a sudden is a Leeds fan? That's because she's going to be fighting in Leeds. She'll be wearing oh. a Leeds United uh, kit, won't she, at Wayne and all that? 
these people, this, this format now, this let's pal certain YouTubers up and let's give it the old football top on it. It's a fucking tired old format. Fans are turning off. Can't they think of something a bit original now? Uh, do, do you remember, Russell, when uh, Nigel Ben, before he fought Sugar Boy Malinga? Came out in the castle top. Yeah. I remember it, yeah. And he, he, got, he got he lost in there as well. Well, let me tell you this. When Nigel Ben did that, he went down in my estimation. Do you know why, mate? Because he'd never been to a Newcastle United game in his life. Everybody yeah. bought into it because these people, they know how to play the game. Look at Conor Ben. Playing the game, mate. But it's the fans that lose out. We keep we keep hearing they're going to do this, but they're not. They're doing opposite. They're paying lip service, right, to get a bit of fame, a few views, and get the sends up the ladder for a few quid. I understand it, but I don't respect the fucking hustle. You know, Terry annoys me when he keeps saying, I respect the hustle. I don't fucking respect the hustle because it's boxing fans that are getting sand kicked in the face. So, no, I don't respect it, mate. Ebony Bridge is going to put a Leeds United top on. I've never been to a fucking Leeds game in a life. Do me a favour, it's an insult to proper Leeds United fans. Fucking hell. Anyway, you know, you, go on, sorry. You, you said that in, in your video a couple of weeks back, and it, it just made business sense for that fight. It, it makes business sense. And yeah, I said that. We said, what did we say? Gallard's going to get pushed out now, we said, didn't we? Yeah. Right, let me just it, read this out, Kent. At Porky's, at Porky's News Desk, the corner. So this shows you what I get to know now. At Porky's News Desk. So we're on Twitter. I won't be tweeting now. I'm told I'm not allowed because I used to be addicted to it and I used to rinse people daily. But now people say, no, oh, you're on Twitter, you're a troll. Well, now I do it in here so you can see my face on YouTube. But, yeah, I see where you're coming from with that, Kent, the Ebony Bridges thing. I don't want to see it. Like I said, she's behaving like a scrubber, right, in public and in interviews, like a scrubber and on Insta and all that. I don't want to see it. It's slaggy behaviour. should be on a street corner. That's my opinion. If you don't like it, don't come and see me because I don't want to catch no. Right. Kel Brooks done an interview saying... He's turning up for Amir Khan fight with broken hands if he has to. Do you know what? I genuinely believe that because they just want the payday, don't he's they? Injured. He's injured. That, that's oh, the mistake. He? He, well, well, why would you say that? You know, that's the excuse already. You know, when a fighter comes on and says, you know what? I'm going to turn up whether I'm injured or not. That's what he said. That, seriously, I would... I, I, that could be the excuse. If he gets beat in that fight, he'll turn around and say, yeah, I broke my hand or I was, in, I was injured. Like, it, is that the thing that you want to say to sell that fight, Russell? No, do you? Yeah. They're more or less saying, I just want to get this last payday and, and, and he'll be, listen, the sweat will be pouring off Kel Brook's stepdad, Terry. Terry, it's pouring off you, in it? That sweat. Wondering if you're gonna get one more bite of the cherry. That's what this is what this is what we're up against here. Kel Brooks being pimped. There's pimping Curly on YouTube, and there's pimping Kel Brook. He's being pimped. He's a shot fighter. Him and Amir Khan are shot fighters like Chisora. They keep coming back, don't they? Recycling themselves, reinventing themselves. 
But in the cold, hard light of day, they are shot fighters. And you want boxing fans to keep stumping up. People are not doing it. They're going on free streams and getting them fire sticks and all that. People have had enough. Our legs have been pissed up too much. What do you think, Ken? Well, I think you're right. I think Amir Khan's been shot for 10 years. So he has. Uh, I think Kel Brook has been shot for, you know, I'm before the, the, the Triple G fight, he took the Triple G fight, which was fair play for taking him. I don't think he should have been allowed to take that fight. Uh, the very fact that the IBF declined to sanction it. Then is the it, next fight... Uh, 11 years now, isn't it, since Khan since beat Zeb Judah? That's his last world title win, isn't it, 2011? Yeah. Zeb Judah. So Amir Khan's yeah. not done up for 11 years. He's picked up massive paydays since then because he's a global name, isn't he? Kel Brook, it's a long time since Errol Spence put him to kip, isn't it? Right. Yeah. He's done now, has he? And that was years ago, wasn't it? So yeah. why, why are we buying into this? We're going to watch it because we've invested that much time in it over years. But Kel, don't start coming out saying, listen, I'll be turning up to fight calm, baby. We brought an hand, gave some chocolate brownies. Listen, chocolate brownies are soft. Why would you say you've got a punch like a chocolate brownie? I don't get that, do you? You say you've got I, hands of stone, wouldn't you, or something like that, wouldn't you? Or steel armor. Fucking chocolate I don't brownie. Know, don't know what he's talking about, to be honest. It, it, it was a shocking thing to say before a fight. It, it just tells me that either he's injured or he is carrying an, in, an injury of some sort and that's going to be the excuse if he loses. But you're right, you know, we, we have heard the same story over and over and over again from Dominic Engel. It's been, oh, yeah, like we're, I'm going to take him up the weight. We're going to take him up the weight. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. He's been dying at... Uh, Making making the weight, making making the weight all make I'm like, if he's dying at that weight and he's struggling at that weight, why are you keep bringing him back? What did Eddie Hearn say when they were fighting Golovkin? Well, Kel's really like a super middleweight as far as Carl Cross. So if he's a super middleweight, that's 168. He walks around at 200 pounds, Kel Brook. Everybody knows that 200 pound plus. Forward, what is it? Seven year, uh, six, seven year. He's fighting at 149. So, and that's 19 pounds less than super middle. Even though he fought Glofkin at middle, Eddie was saying he's a beast. He's really a super middle. Well, he's fighting at 149. I know it's not to do with Eddie Earn, but all these people around Kel, Bluck, Kel Brook need to go and have a look at yourselves and, and look in the mirror and say, should I be involved with Kel Brook here? Because when they were getting knocked about by Crawford and that, people said they wanted him to retire, but now there's another payday for him and for them to be relevant and that. Oh, Kel's a beast and you've got Kel running around saying, I'm eating steak. I'm eating steak in the morning. That still ain't going to protect your, your, your face, is it? When I'm here, Khan starts peppering you with them fast combinations. It's bullshit, mate. I'm fed up a bit. We're being paid lip service. And for him to come out and say, I'm going to fight I'm here, Khan if I have to turn up with Brock and Hans. That's desperation. 
What sort of man would say you're fighting a, in a, a big magnitude of a fight like that with rock and hands? Desperate men. You know, that the fact that they have to go to Fort Aventura and train in extreme heat, you know, that says You're telling me all. the training over there, come on. All that lot over there, they might be doing a bit of training, but there'll be a lot of other stuff going on, won't there? You know, it, 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 fucking do me it, a fair. What about Ingle Jim up here? Got up for us, just get up there. Oh, fucking training. It's camped in but, uh, It's just, it, it was it was kind of for me seeing that interview, it, it, it was kind of like, what's going on here? I, I, I don't think I'll buy it now. I don't think I'll, I, I was going to get it. You know, because. Should we boycott right. it, Ken? Should we boycott it and listen on, on Bunce's uh, radio? Do you know what? See, see, sometimes it's actually more exciting. It, 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 it adds a different feel to it. But, you know, when you do listen to it mm. on, on the radio, it's, it's uh, a different, it just creates a different, a different uh, spectacle. But I don't think I'll get it now because if he's saying that, you, you're going to watch it better, going to nerve with, with a possible injury. I want to see, if I pay for something, I want to see the best product that I can get not two shot fighters with with one of them carrying an injury no chance yeah okay uh crawford apparently i don't know if this is true somebody's told me In crawford it. apparently suing bob arum over a racial slur or something or racial something to do with racialness or i don't know i spoke twice about racialness now it's Snowflake generation, isn't it? I suppose, but uh, have you heard out on that? Seen it last night that I've been sh- it was oh, shared. It's true then. Yeah, yeah, it's true then. Yeah, it, it was it was shared something over 10, 10 million dollars on something. Or is he saying because he's not getting his own way, it's racist? That Crawford, yeah, something I, 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 I've just seen the highlight. I, I don't know, but you know, he was with Bob Arm for all them years. And now that his contract has run out, this has come up. Uh, well, he doesn't do a ticket, does he? He's a boring cunt outside of boxing. He doesn't do a ticket. His style's not most exciting. It's a fuck purists like us, isn't it? So I see where they're coming from. But does anybody actually think that Bob Arum gives a solitary fuck about anybody saying he's a racist? Do you think Bob Arum gives a fuck? Bob Arum's worked with... Uh, yeah, they'll wheel Bob Arum out of it with Anglerans and he's, he's and all them people he'll say, won't he? And, but well, I'm not even interested if he is or not. Just put fights on, Bob. He's worked with fighters from different cultures, so I uh, I don't know what the slur or what was said, but uh, it's I don't know. It's It seems to be he wasn't doing that a couple of years ago. He wasn't saying stuff like that a couple of years ago when he was on the, out the back of him. You, you know, so I don't know. I don't. I can't say. You know, if you say something, you say I, I don't know. Uh, it, it's just. It's just. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say to be honest. Yeah, we're saying that Tony Yoke has been offered Ergovic fight. Like, uh, and if you quite honest, pardon. To be quite honest, why is everyone terrified of Philip Hergovich? Why? What's what? What? What is that? You know, 
there is a lot of sparring stories about him with with Wilder and 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 uh, David Hay. But were what what have you seen in any of his fights that that actually terrifies you? I haven't seen Jack shit, mate, but I now call him Michael Myers because anybody, as soon as you mention his name, all you see are people filling the nappies. I don't, like, his last fight, he was so underwhelming. It's like, I would be like, what, what, why, what is the big, what is, what is the big thing with, with Hergovic? What, what, what is it? I don't see, you know, there's, there's low, low reward and, and maximum risk. Yeah. But is there, you know, who's the best name on his record, Russell? Who's he, who's he beat? Scooby-Doo. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't see it. And, you know, even uh, last week when uh, Lewis Ortiz apparently ducked him, uh, Joseph Parker apparently ducked him, but uh, last week, when when they ducked those fights, apparently Zhang has actually called him out, and, and he wants to fight him. Zaya Zhang. What about uh, Martin Bacoli? Is he fighting him? Or is he fighting? Martin Bacoli is fighting uh, Tony Yoka. Tony Yoka, that's it. Yeah, he's fighting Yoka, isn't it? But if if Yoka gets in ring with Bacoli and knocks him out. He could fight Ergovic next, couldn't he? Well, it, it's all down to the rankings. I see that Yoko has actually climbed three, two of the sanctioning bodies uh, without fighting. So some, some, something there is getting him in the position. Just, just with with Yuka, you know, Yuka has to build that American audience and has to build that platform uh, to get. To get some form of notoriety before he, he gets those fights. So I think the Bocole fight is a as a brilliant fight. I, I was really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. But with all the, the COVID restrictions and around Europe and stuff, it has been put back. But that's actually a really good fight, Russell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh What would you say annoys you the most in the sport of no. boxing across the board? Oh, flip me, Russell. That that's an impossible. That's like asking you one of fifty people. That that's like asking you who your favorite fighter is because you you have always multiple fighters that you. No, I'll say bo- crotch. Boxing, boxing now for me. I would say my favorite fighter is Roberto Duran. I've said yeah. this multiple times, but there's phases that go through where I'll say Hagler. Then there's phases where I'll turn around and say Hearns. Then I'll, you know, back and forward. But going back to your question, boxing now has just got to be, there's so many things that an- annoys me now about boxing. It's like, do I want to watch boxing anymore? Like I've never, the, 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 the years that I've been watching boxing, I've never seen as many annoying people. Uh, I could, I could, I could, I could name you twenty. I could name you twenty people to be honest. I couldn't. I, I couldn't. I, I, and I don't want to discriminate against the other 
19 people that I find annoying, I find them all equally as annoying as each other. It's just becoming a kind of a cesspit of a, a sport at the minute with people thinking they're, they're above the sport when it's about the fighters. I'm not talking about boxers. You know, in the 20 people that I said there, I don't think one of them is a fighter. I think, you know, you've got all, you've got certain trainers, you've got TV people. Managers, trainers, managers. Let, let's, name, let, let's name a few. Ben Davidson thinks it's about him more than his fighters. Sam Jones does. I keep seeing these people doing interview after interview after interview, and it's becoming boring. I see that Dean White and Spencer Fearon doing interview after interview after interview. They're not fighters. They're not ring, ring are they? So what, what, what they're chatting, chatting for all the time? I don't get it. But maybe this is, maybe I've got it wrong. Maybe, maybe they're in like a, a, so much of a bubble that that's how it's supposed to be. Maybe I've got it wrong. If I have, I apologise, but come on. Let's have some fights. What fights are we excited about, Ken? Uh, coming up, tell me. Tell me the, two. The, the only fight that, that I was looking forward to this year was Colin Johnson against Joe Smith Jr. That, that's the only fight for me that actually got me excited about getting up in the morning, paying for it on pay-per-view and watching it. That was the only fight that made me interested on the fights that are coming up. That was, yeah, that, that was the only fight. And now, obviously, with, with, with COVID, it, it has been uh, obviously calm, can't, can't fight. But that was the only fight that actually got me interested. Okay. Uh, years ago, there were a rule with boxing water control that if you lost five fights on trot, you had to be all up in front of board, yeah? Now, I've just been looking at, at BoxRec this morning. It's hard to comment on, on, on fights if they're on your, pe on your friends' shows, but I'm going to do it anyway. Scott Williams is not on 21. He's fighting on Josh Wales' debut show. Who's licensing this guy? Not on 21. Now, what's going on here? If you, if you worked at a body shop and you respayed 21 cars and there were 21 complaints from customers, you'd be down road, wouldn't you? You'd have been down <laughs> road after one or two. But not 21. So why do we have to put up with that? Who's licensing these people? And so, what happens if these people get hurt? You know, if this kid got... I mean, how many does it, losses does Scott Williams have to have before they say, do you know what, mate, turn it in? Oh, I'm curious. I'd you know, see how uh, that... I'm going to give Josh Whale a pass because it's his first show. But looking at his show, it's abysmal, but it's not on TV. Um, it's not any worse than what Dennis has been putting on, and this is on Fight Zone. But there's not much to choose from, is there now? Products watered down. 20 years ago, nobody would have gone to that show. They would have panned it. No chance. But now, Costa's note about having to make most of a bad job, but I know his dad personally and Josh and his brother Dempsey. They, they have, they'll have probably struggled to get that show on 
because they didn't know about there, but it looks abysmal on paper. It looks abysmal. And there's other shows like that that are just as worse. So is the product that watered down now that everybody's following suit? Or are we going to have somebody put a barnstormer on and say, this is how we do it? Is that what we're going to have? Because that's what we need. What used to happen in, in the, the non-TV cards, if you want to call it small hall or whatever, those fights, those cards were built up on guys that hadn't been signed to TV, guys that maybe sold some tickets, and against guys that sold tickets well, to get people in. There were 50, 50, 60, 40 style you know, fights down the card because it needed, you know, it needed people in. You needed you needed people actually wanting to go and watch competitive fights. And now that that's not even happening on that circuit. Now, what I'm going to touch on, and I'm going to touch on something, apparently now, Russell, there is a massive backlog in the British Boxing Board of Control in trying to license fighters. Am I, am I correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Max has got to go. He's, he's been put back because of a backlog, yeah. Okay, right. So you've got that. But hmm? he turned around and said, uh, Smith turned around and said two weeks ago on TalkSport that now they don't have the fighters, enough fighters to box on cards. Uh, well, why is there a backlog then for many for uh, licenses? So, so what are they doing? What are they why, doing? Why have they shut boxing down for this month? But yeah, football's not shut down. What do they know that we don't know? You know, why was darts? Why was the darts allowed? You know, to happen in Alexander Palace and in an arena on Sky Television. You know, they turned around and said that. There was more fights happening in November and December than they ever had when that was the start of that new strain, Overcron or whatever it is. But it was all right to put the, car the cards on then during the pandemic, but in January. Oh, January's a quiet month anyway, so we'll not, we'll not put any boxing on. I, I don't want to hear that. I think that is absolutely disgraceful. I think that I want to, uh, you know, if you were a promoter and you were paying your sanctioning fees and your license fees to be a promoter every year and you were, you know, there was four weeks taken off that that you weren't allowed to promote, you would want that money put back. You would want you would want some form of reprisal from them for yeah. them restricting your earnings or the, the 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 fee for the month or even give the promoters you know even give promoters that don't have a TV deal uh, a quarterly like pass you know like a quarter of the year uh, whatever taken off off their 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 their, their uh, License fee. Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing. You know, they're going about talking about that 
fights had been cancelled because of COVID. What what cards had been cancelled because of COVID, Russell? Well, Dennis Hobson's card they said were cancelled, didn't they? He pulled plugged in his Saturday afternoon on day of fight. They were going on about that, but it were pulled because they didn't do tickets. Kobe was just an excuse. So did they not you use can the pay weather? lip service, can't they? Board. Board was, can pay lip weather? service to us, but was, was the weather the excuse at the time? What? The bad weather and the snow and that there. You can snow the fighters were already there, mate. I don't know what load of shit they come out with. Dennis, if I'm talking shit, come on here. Hard hitting channel like mine, Dennis. If I'm talking shit, Dennis, come on here. We're only talking about one kid coming from Scotland anyway, won't we? Well, pull him off and let other six fights go on. Oh, you put shows on when I were there with three fighters. So, look, it's a fucking excuse, this COVID. That's all it is. It's an excuse. That's all it is. People trying to use it to manipulate it. I, I mean, I, COVID's I, probably the worst thing that could happen to boxing because it's already fucking crooked as it is. Uh, let's finish off on Terry Harper moving up her weight, uh, knocking back a WBC title shot, a rematch of a belt that their manager said it's the best belt in boxing and he's got a picture of him with belt, women's belt on his social media. He's like, oh, profile with belt, proud as punch. This is the best belt in boxing. His fighter gets put into orbit and... Uh, They've been nowhere near for rematch. They've moved up her weight, but yeah, she couldn't punch it that way and couldn't hold the shot at that way. So she's now moving up her weight. Where who's the champion at lightweight? Is it Katie Taylor? Yeah. So Katie Taylor's got all the marbles at that weight. They're surely not going to put Terry Harper in with Katie Taylor. Surely to God, they're not going to do that. Please, because that would be a, a, a two-round demolition job, wouldn't it? Hey. Oh. Go I think the whole Katie Taylor thing at the minute, her last performance wasn't great. It was a terrible fight. So I all of a sudden, Terry Harper's seen chinks in her armour. Fuck out of here, man. Come on, Ken. We're, we're boxing people, aren't we? Hang on a minute. We'll just turn this off. Yeah, go on, mate. With, to be honest with you, I think there's no way... You know, if we if they turned around and they put Terry Harper back in against Bum Gardner, oh. and she she done the exact same again, we would be turning around and saying, you know what, that should never have happened. They should never put her in there. No, no, you know, I'd be saying at least she went back to try and win a title after all that yeah. chit chat from a manager who runs her social media because she hadn't said a lot of them things out there. He's dug her in an owl. And what they've done, they've done like they did with Jonas' fight. She had some fist in that fight, didn't like it. Not wrong with that, but you're in the wrong game if you don't like getting punched. Didn't like having fist off Jonas. Didn't have the rematch, did they? What happened to, it's a draw and we want to see a clear winner. We had a WBC world title fight between two Brits, fight it year, and it's a draw and they can't get it again. Fucking cowards, man. Off with their heads. Well, now I we've don't. got this Boone Gardner, who Eddie Earns signed, by the way. She's come over, knocked her out. Well, you've got a rematch clause. Why sign a rematch clause and now say you're moving up in weight? There were no red flags from check weights, were there? Right? No. So, why well, was there a problem with weight? I, I think it's just 
I know they're in ca it's catch twenty two. You, you you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. But it's so we're talking about a WBC world title here, the best belt in boxing. Am I right? So they say, but they don't want to have a rematch with somebody for the best belt in boxing. They're now gonna go move up a weight, even though you can't hold a shot at that weight. You're gonna move up a weight, which is even dangerous because the bigger punches are that weight. And only one person's got the belts, Katie Taylor. So to win a world title in that division, they're obviously going to go in after Katie Taylor, aren't they? They're going to try and sell it to us as, you know, uh, a teacher against a pupil and, and, and all this fucking Eddie Hearn fucking scripted wrestling shit, isn't it, WWE? But I just think that they're making a mistake not, not going after this boom garner because what happened to devising a game plan to win? What happened to that? Whatever happened to that? Fell out of the window, hasn't it? It's because the circus. But look, look. What tails wagging dog, isn't it? Do you, do you know what I mean? What, what's going on here? Fucking WBC belt, and you've got a contract to rematch for it, and you're not doing it. Come on. You know, it's somebody pissed on my leg. I'm, I'm fucking went through here. I, I don't actually, I don't actually blame Terry for this. To be honest, a lot of that, I, I don't, I don't no, actually. She's blame. a nice kid, isn't she? She's not having nope. anything to do with it. It's the ginger winter that's controlling the strings. Don't. He's seen what I happened, don't. and he's got any shit frightened, didn't he? Look, her style's on back foot. She's a runner, isn't she? Like Steffi Bulwark. There's nothing wrong with that. At least they're getting it ring, aren't they? But don't tell me it's best belt in boxing, then lose by knockout, and then move up a weight. Get back in, and if you lose, then you move up a weight. Go get your other bite at Cherry. Come on. I, I think you're right. Makes and me angry, I, mate. Makes, we're being dicked about. Whatever they say like, one day, it don't mean nothing, because it can all be turned on his head if they get the lights put out. Shit chatters, mate. Shit chatters. And again... I don't blame her. And I remember after the Boom Gardner knockout, he went on and put a tweet out of her saying, like, like bad language. I've never heard Terry Harper say bad language. Well, or anything. Uh, she won't do anything like that. Nope. She wouldn't nope. do that. Like, listen, mate, it's Ginger Man, isn't it? Gingerbread Man. He's gone around in circles with all his aliases and all these pretending to be people and this and that. He's done his own head in. That's what he's done. He'll end up in a nut house, isn't he, mate? Steffi, you'll end up in a nut house talking to you then in Rampton. Right, that's it, Ken, for today. It's 20 to 10. We've had over an hour. You've been a great guest, as usual, in your crunk top. What hat you got on, Ken? I've got my porkies hat on now. Go it's on, lad. Do you wear that down your local? <laughs> hey? I don't drink, Russell. I don't, don't drink, drink, so... No, no, don't drink. Well, maybe if you start sinking a few in local pub, Ken, you might pull. Russell, uh, uh, do you know what? I I even get drunk drinking non-alcoholic beer, never mind proper beer. Do you, Ken? So, you know, get me some I'll say, I can drive all day on it. I'll say, I remember I was, I was out there at the start of September after a football match with some of my friends, and I says, get, get me an non-alcoholic beer. And actually, there was no, there was no alcoholic beer. I had a beer, and after about ten minutes, I was actually talking like a washing machine. That was like, 
nah, there's no, I, I, I can't hold alcohol, so I don't, uh, I just leave it. Just leave it. Okie dokie then. Well, listen, I've got uh, Terry on uh, shortly. Quote, just gone 20 to 10. I've, I've got Terry on at, coming on at 11. And uh, I'm going to try and uh, find Ethan. Lane Hansen people? Huh? Harry, Lane Hansen people? I can't hear you, mate. Harry, Lane Hanson people? Terry, Lane Hanson people. Yeah, Terry Chapman down. I've got Terry coming on. I'm going to Dewsbury tomorrow to film at Julian McGowan's house. I'm going to have a chat with Julian. He's got a bit of news regarding Gary Sykes. And uh, I've got Rico back Saturday. So all the these will be up Saturday, Sunday, pardon? The Flying Finn. The Flying Finn. Rico's good at everything here, skiing, typing. Uh, Rico's a brain box, isn't he, Rico? Yeah, absolutely. He's a lovable rogue. Right, listen, you have a great day, Kent. What you got planned for today? Uh, just have dog walking duties to do now, so go for a walk with my dog, and I'm going to do a run later on, so that's that's my day. All right, Simple. well, listen, you have a great day, Kent, and all the rest of you and your family. Take care, Russell. I'm going to give a big shout-out to Richard. Richard, yes. Uh, Richard, Richard got me. Richard got me in the mood for Christmas there to, to watch. Went on a rampage of strongman uh, archives. So, uh, what's yeah, Richard, what Britain's strongest man archives? So I was watching all the old Britain's strongest men from like from the nineties right up. So I was just watching one every night over Christmas and world's strongest man and stuff and. I know Richard competed at yeah, Strongman. Yeah. So, uh, and he sent me a couple of photos over and Richard was 24 stone at one stage. A friend of mine, we're in a pub, what? yeah, what 24 stone at one point. Richard. A friend of mine, uh, were once in this pub and uh, Jeff Capes came in and it was Jeff Capes as local. And... Uh, <clears throat> Jeff Capes, after a few pints, he got out of this like Shackleton icy chair and crushed it into, into <laughs> like dust and ripped a couple of uh, yellow, page, yellow pages up. <laughs> Big Capes, eh? But this, this, this is true, like, and people were saying to me, mate, yeah, you see Capes over there? Yeah, he looked like that when he was 13. He was about 40 at the time. <laughs> I thought it was quite funny, actually. But he used to be strong. This man, didn't he? Jeff Cakes, he used to uh, bend bars round his head and drag wagons down the street, didn't he? <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. Like, uh, and people know. forget that Jeff Capes was actually an Olympic athlete as well as as a two-time world's strongest man. So, sure, yeah, was the one of your Olympics. Yeah, I think he. I think he was. I think he was actually Commonwealth Games champion. Uh, champion. As well, so he did come from that athletic background. But Richard was saying at that time, when he was twenty-four stone, he was gym strong, like he was yeah. out lifting guys in the gym. But converting that to strongman, those guys were using, you know, the strongman apparatus. So mm. he was kind of just gym strong at the time. But yeah, yeah that that's amazing in itself. Even compete at that there 
yeah. which is, I just hope right now he isn't sitting in his living room bending bars around his head. <laughs> Richard, if you're bending any bars, uh, you need to get out more. <laughs> All right, then. Well, listen, you take care, Kent. All the best. Take care. Peace out.